Well, family, it's Thursday again. Hot dog is Thursday. Woo! And we are at the end of April. How about that? We're getting ready to go into May. But before we go into May, we are going to honor Mother Earth. You know, we are talking about Earth Day, honoring Mother Earth. I'm so excited to have my guest today. However, before we get to the good brother, the good brother on the pod today, I am here to tell you that we are excited here at the Bomb and Gilead. We're getting ready to roll it out. We're going to roll it out, roll it out, roll it out. And we're going to start in June. June is coming up. The second Sunday in June, you know, it's Memory Sunday. Memory Sunday. We are getting ready for, I think this is our seventh year, uh, putting focus on Alzheimer's and caregivers. Uh, And we're going to have that, you know, that phenomenal Down by the Riverside concert that we did last year. We're going to bring it back to you again this year. And then we're going to roll out. We're getting ready for our roadmap, our roadmap tour coming starting June 24th in Charlotte, going down to Atlanta, over to Birmingham, coming back up to Charleston, South Carolina. We're going to close it out in September in Richmond, Virginia. We are excited and we're doing all of this as we get ready for the 10th annual Healthy Churches 2030 Conference. How about that? (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's Thursday. And you know when it's Thursday, it's your girl, Dr. P, on the pod. Yes. So, you know, Earth Day is very special to us. And I think it should be special to all of us. Um, Matter of fact, you know, the Bomb and Gilead, we launched our community garden in South Carolina. And uh, if you are in the area, if you're in the area on Saturday, May 6th, you need to stop by Lincolnville. Yes, you need to stop by the Richard Harvey Kane Community Garden at 112 Dunmy Hill Road in Lincolnville for a opening. We're going to have a gullah fish fry, a chicken barbecue, and we're going to plant some seeds in the garden. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's going to be a low-down, low-country, Gullah Geechee affair. So if you are in the area of the low-country, you need to hop on over to Lincolnville, South Carolina. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in the garden planting some okra seeds. And I want you to come on over and plant some seeds with me. We're going to plant some seed okra cucumber, tomatoes, zucchini, yellow squash. Oh, we're going to have a time. And, um, you know, just come on, come on over and play in the dirt with us. We're going to have some music and, you know, we we got to have some gullah food with Chef Charlotte Jenkins, award-winning Chef Charlotte Jenkins. So come on over. We're doing this in conjunction to Earth Day. I know Earth Day was a few days, I think, last week, but every day should be uh, Earth Day. When we look at all that's going on in our universe um, and all that we're talking about, what's being planted in the in the ground, we need to really 
start and begin to deal with honor Mother Earth. We need to honor Mother Earth. Um, I'm going to take a split second, and then we're going to come and talk to my guest, Duran Chavis. Yes, yes, got the good brother, the good brother, community leader, urban farmer, and educator with me today, because it's all about Earth Day. Yes, sir. It's Dr. P on the pod. So family, my guest today is Duran Chavis, and he is a community leader, an urban farmer, an educator who works to promote health and wellness in at-risk communities. Brother Chavis, how are you today? Thank you so much for being with me on the pod. Oh, and hello. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm good. So tell us, tell us, you know, I think my first question is why? Why and how did you become an urban farmer and educator? Um, well, um, I am the founder director of an organization called Happily Natural Day. Its mission is to promote holistic health, wellness, and social change through the transformation of the built environment for food justice and climate resiliency. Uh, the festival uh, is uh, 20 years old uh, this year. And it started as a annual gathering uh, promoting uh, pride and celebrating blackness. And that's all this diversity. Um, through the festival, we were connected or were, uh, we built relationships with uh, African-American farmers. Uh, they became vendors who show up, sell produce and other value-added products during the festival, and um, they also kind of became mentors of mine. And uh, one of them, Bernard Turner from uh, Vanguard Ranch in Gordonsville, Virginia, would ask me, uh, what do we do if the grocery store is closed? Mm. And that question prompted us to start connecting uh, Black farmers to formerly redlined neighborhoods in the city of Richmond and selling produce to communities, uh, kind of like an aggregator slash pop-up farmer's market. Um, every week uh, we would basically market fresh produce to the community. And, you know, if you're sitting out with a farmer on a weekend waiting for sales and things like that, of course you're going to talk about farming and that, conversation for me provoked uh, a, a desire to start growing food hmm. myself. Um, so we did just that. We uh, started a first community garden in 2012 and that community garden work evolved into us developing farms um, all across the region and even working for Virginia State University School of Agriculture, doing indoor farming, and even working for like local botanical gardens, doing 
training of community members in uh, regenerative agriculture. So I like to say um, the reason why I got into farming is because of you know our efforts to address the issues in our community and really uh, craft solutions that are tangible, practical, and applicable um, and concrete, right? That tr the transformation of the built environment is a very important aspect of Black liberation work that we often kind of put on the back burner, this idea of our neighborhoods not being uh, accessible in terms of food or even climate mitigation strategies, right? Um, we have to put our hands on that. We can't just talk about the fact that there's no food. We can't just talk about the fact that we're uh, disproportionately impacted by climate injustice. We have to do a thing about it. And so um, that was why I got into farming and how, I guess, at the same time. Well, you know, I like that we have to do because uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. We do a lot of talking uh, and we have to do more than just talk. We have to do. Let's talk about some of those issues that you are addressing around uh, food justice. Let's let's get let's dive deep into what are what are the top three issues that you are seeking solutions to in your work? Oh, well. Um, first, uh, community control of, and ownership of land in Black and Brown communities is number one priority. Uh, second is using that land to increase uh, community food sovereignty, Black community food sovereignty. Like um, a lot is said about access to healthy food. We propose that it's imperative for our community to have control over um, what food is available and how that food is grown in our community. You can be in prison and have access to food, um, but you have control over whether that, where that food comes from and its quality and how it's grown and how it's prepared. Um, and then third, um, it's imperative. Our work, uh, uh, one of the main focuses and a really important focus is uh, Climate resiliency, um, climate change is a thing. It's happening. And black and brown communities are disproportionately impacted by climate change. Um, so uh, our summers are hotter, our springs are wetter. And that those two realities are creating disproportionate public health impacts for black communities. And so the development of urban spaces or rural spaces that help mitigate those challenges um, it's very very important to us and very important to uh, how we iterate our work as farmers well you know I'm loving I'm loving this conversation and I'm so uh, excited about the work uh, that you're doing uh, I own some land and um, a matter of fact I took a, one of my parcels of land the community garden that I'm talking about and uh, just kind of cleared it off and started a community garden uh, just for the community. Uh, and because I think that is important um, for those of us who own land um, 
to 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 we, we pay taxes on the land, but you know, can we do more than just pay taxes and it sits there? You know, um, and I am one who decided uh, a few years ago that I needed to, you know, create a, a space, a green space, uh, and and start growing some food. We now have the traditional garden and the hydroponic garden, um, and 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 it becomes a a teaching uh, opportunity as well uh, because for this for this generation today, we don't they don't know too much about growing some okra, no less, but some for so some. Of them, they don't even know what okra looks like, uh, and the hydroponic uh, uh, garden is a whole new uh, phenomenon. So I want to just um, just honor uh, the work uh, that you're doing, and because land ownership is so is so 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 critical. And when you own your own land, you can do what you want to do with it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me, what is your work specifically around climate change? So our organization manages eight urban gardens and farms across central Virginia. Um, one of our spaces, and well, all of our spaces are uh, essentially uh what we call green infrastructure uh, for uh, the city or municipal spaces. Um, So in that, these spaces, urban green spaces, serve as uh, uh, what you call stormwater management best practices. So that's one element of the conversation where these spaces act as sponges that help to improve water quality in our city. Uh, two, uh, those aspects of the green infrastructure that we plant are our trees. And what we found is that um, formerly redline neighborhoods have less mature tree canopy than neighborhoods that were not redline. And trees, mature trees, have the capacity to reduce the amount of heat in the community due to the provision of shade, right? Um, and that urban heat island effect that we experience in formerly red redline neighborhoods, um, it could be up to 10 degrees hotter in those communities than um, areas that do have mature tree canopy. And with so with the amount or with the increased amount of water or rain that happens in uh, the city as a result of climate change, you can imagine that there's a lot more storm water that's running into our rivers. Uh, The problem with that is that in many uh, municipal, uh, many old cities, their uh, sewer infrastructure is antiquated. In the case of Richmond, um, the water that you use in your home, whether you're flushing your toilet, washing your dishes, washing your hands, uh, washing your clothes, uh, runs into the sewer system. When it rains, that rainwater also runs into the sewer system. And then when the amount of water is too high, what happens is that the wastewater treatment system is overflowed, Mm. right? And when that wastewater treatment system overflows, 
all of the chemicals, all of the waste matter, all of that rainwater that has been flowing on the asphalt in your city flows into the river or the lake or whatever the body of water is, you know, closest to you. And that causes a lot of issues in our city. It's the reason why you can't fish in the river. Mm. Um, and when those situations occur, when those high uh, rain events occur, the city and municipal government um, warns citizens not to go swimming in the river. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, if we can't swim in the river, then we know that it affects our wildlife as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the heat conversation when it's too hot in the city, uh, that affects human beings because you might have folks that have respiratory illnesses. You know, what we find through the research is that more communities, uh, black and brown communities, formerly redline neighborhoods, have increased in the instances of ambulance calls during heat waves due to the lack of mature tree canopy because it's hotter in the summer. And every summer it's getting hotter, longer periods without water, without um, rain and things like that. Um, so combine that heat, right? What is the heat doing to the soil or the you know grassy areas inside of your city? It's compacting it. It, it dries it out. So when it does rain, right? What happens is that there's an increased amount of floods and flooding in those communities because that hard packed soil doesn't can't can't soak the water up right from the rains. So that makes flooding an issue also in black and brown communities across the country. Right. So those are just, you know, some very, you know, basic uh, aspects of the work. You know, beyond that, it's, it's just. You know, the provision green of, of, of mindfulness spaces and public health benefits for green spaces. You know, science shows that when you have more trees in your community and more green space, it actually reduces, you know, cortisol levels, the stress hormone, which, you know, black and brown communities experience more stress due to just racial realities in our country, right, or across the globe. And so if we can create spaces where we can reduce the amount of stress that black and brown people are facing, we can actually live longer. So, yeah, I'll just stop yeah. there. There's so many other things, but those are just three. And, and, and family, I want you to know the brother is talking about Richmond, Virginia. Uh, he is right here in Richmond, Virginia, and that's where I am today as well. This is our, our city, and I am so happy proud and happy about the work that you are doing, my brother. As we bring this podcast to a close, what do you want the family to know that today? What what would be your closing uh, words, Brother Chavis? Oh, um, well, I, I encourage everyone to participate in the development of Black community food systems, um, you know, in honor of Earth Day. Uh, we are uh, Super enthusiastic to encourage black and brown landowners and black and brown people to develop systems for community control of land in their community to not only address the lack of food, but also to address some of these environmental impacts that are happening happening in our cities and our rural communities. Um, yeah, I just say, do. There's things to do. We got a lot of work to do. Um, 
if you're not already in an organization, join an organization that's dedicated to that work of increasing access to healthy food or food justice and climate resiliency because, you know, this issue of climate change is not getting any better. And it's only increasingly, you know, disproportionately impacting our community. So how do we, how do we, Black and Brown community members, meet the challenges that we're facing across the globe? Um, we have to put hands on it. So... Yeah. Well, family, we've been listening and sharing with Brother Duran Chavis. Yes, we uh, have just been excited and honored to have this discussion with you, my brother. You just keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. This is such a very important topic for all of us, regardless of what city, what uh, town, what rural community you live in. Uh, food justice is a very important topic. Land ownership is a very important topic. Controlling of the land and the food is a highly important conversation, and we must all find ourselves in this discussion. My brother, thank you for sharing some time with us today. Uh, we're going to keep an eye on your work. Let us know. We're right here in Richmond. Let us know how the bomb and Gilead could partner with you and how we can help you do what you do. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Family, we got to go. It's that time. We got to go. We got to go. I got to go. We'll be right back with you next Thursday because you know if it's Thursday, it's your girl, Dr. P. And I am on the pod. See you next time. You be good now. Oh, don't forget. Keep that joy. Keep that joy. Keep that joy flowing. And if you're around on May 6th, come to Lincolnville. Come to the Richard Harvey Cain Community Garden and plant some seeds with me. Hey, I'm out. Gotta go. Gotta go.